0: The information delivered through this program is provided as an educational resource only and is not to be used for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. If you require any form of professional support, please seek it out for yourself. Greetings, goal seekers, and hello, Val.
1: Hello, Blake. So, what's your weather in Canada? Are Uh, you having the second winter?
0: We have, yes. We had two beautiful days, and then all of a sudden, I woke up to the pitter-patter of sleet on yeah. my window, and we have a little coating of, of snow. So I, I have to say, I, I had a personal victory. I'm in a good mood over it overall because uh, I got out over those two nice warm days and cleaned up all the dog poop. And so Solid. as this fresh coat of snow comes down and freezes and everything, yeah. it's the yard is spotlessly yeah. clean. My My dog is away right now and uh when 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 he and his mama get back the yard is fresh and clean fresh start and it's mm-hmm. kind of nice it'll be frozen because really the big enemy is the muck with yeah. the dog going outside in the mud and everything so uh yeah when he comes back it's a clean backyard so ah, I'm, I'm i'm you know rolling with it plus it's the end of march and winter in canada well at least in our part of the canada uh lasts until you know mid-may so yeah. I already resigned myself to another two months of, of winter anyway. And it's funny. People mm-hmm. still think I'm kidding when I say that. No. no joke. No joke. And people wonder why I want to move to Aruba.
1: Right. Dig dig our toes in some sand. Yeah. yeah. And there's a popular meme here where it's like um, it has – it's a quartered thing, and it has the pictures of, of all four uh, seasons. And it's like uh, – Colorado, you can't have all four seasons in one day. And then Colorado says, here, watch me, hold my beer or something like that. It's funny (laughs) because, yeah, we, we, but, but I do know, like, we have had snow as late as Mother's Day here. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we just. I know it still blows
0: me away that you and I are so far apart and we have identical weather. Right. uh, It's, it's, uh, it's pretty weird. So I'd say cool, but it's not cool. It'd be cool yeah. if we had identical weather and it was 32 degrees every single day. And when we both live in Aruba, that will be the case.
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> Margaritas every day. Yes.
0: But ironically, we are not here to talk about the perfection of Aruba. Uh, ironically, we're here to talk about something almost completely the opposite. What What are we here to talk about today, Mel? Mel?
1: Well, we're talking about perfectionism and really how to be perfectly imperfect, especially in this world of social media where everybody is posting their perfect life, um, which we all know is their highlight reel, and how perfectionism, while on, on the outer surface seems to be a good thing, how maybe it could potentially be the thing that's tripping you up and getting you to where you really actually want to be.
0: Yep, Absolutely. Why don't we start by sort of defining perfection? And I don't necessarily mean, you know, out of the dictionary, but sort of uh, our uh, societal perception of, of, of uh, perfection and then versus maybe our view of perfection. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of throw the first uh, dice out there and uh, say that one of my key points with perfection and one of the things that I think people have a, a bit of a misunderstanding about perfection is that you know, in terms of not feeling perfect or trying to you know emulate perfection, but seeking perfection, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have this sense, and it's what causes a lot of procrastination. That we have to perfect something before we jump into it. I want to make sure everything's right before I step out. I want to make sure everything's good before I present it. I want to dot all the i's and cross all the t's before I submit that letter or whatever it is. And the, the, the simple truth of perfection is that it can only be done to something that exists. You can't yeah. pre-perfect something. So that idea of perfecting it before beginning it is just a, a complete fabrication. It's a lie. You can't do it. You can't perfect something until you have begun, which leads to that, uh, that expression, imperfect action. Take imperfect action because all action is imperfect. You can only begin the process of perfecting after you've taken the action. You can't perfect something until it exists. And in the case of a goal, that requires an action, the first step toward the goal. If you are waiting for your first step to be a step of perfection, you will yeah. be waiting forever. And that long goal time. will never, ever
1: happen. Mm-hmm yeah and I feel closely tied to this because you know in 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 my pursuit of my Olympic dream um, um you know we were all chasing after that perfect score now for us it was this back in the day it was the 6.0 that was your perfect score and you know I kind of feel like that's kind of how I grew up that that relentless effort to achieve quote unquote Perfection, and while I think sometimes it that has served me well, I also think it has been a detriment um, to me. So I have to really work hard at telling myself and convincing myself that imperfect action trumps perfect planning, uh, because there was such an emphasis to be perfect, and how it really has kind of shaped who I am and my values and my beliefs and about myself and about the life that I'm living and I've had to really do in all in all transparency I've really had to work on my on myself about hey you know what perfect doesn't exist what I'm actually doing is I have to I think it's in the wording for me it's not perfection because I'm never going to achieve that but rather I tell myself you're striving for excellence. Mm -hmm. There's a difference.
0: You know, I think you probably had this in your life long before the rest of us did. I mean, how old were you when you first were, you know, striking out on your Olympic dream, right? Yeah. You're the same age as my granddaughter is now, right? Yeah. And yet you had that sense of it because let let me ask you outright here, you know, semi tongue in cheek, um, how absolutely perfect was your triple axel before you first attempted to
1: do one. Yeah, it wasn't. That's, yeah, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, And I had to fall 10,000 so, times before I ever landed that's on my right. feet. right. So let me
0: ask you this mm-hmm. then. When did you achieve a perfect triple axel?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you don't. That's just the yeah. thing.
0: You achieved an excellent one. You achieved one uh, mm-hmm. adequate enough to get the score you wanted.
1: Exactly. You never
0: executed a perfect one. It yeah. It never happened.
1: But it didn't stop me from the pursuit, right? And that's why I like golfing. I know for, for the golfers out there, you're striving, right, for that perfect game or that perfect hole-in-one. It's, it's the pursuit. And so for me, I have to kind of even do a self-check on that. Is it the perfection that I'm chasing after, or is it in the chasing after that, for lack of a better word, I get off on? It's, no. it's the pursuit. You know, I, I, to be honest, I think I do love the pursuit of it.
0: You know, the perfect game is a great example. Is golf bowling. It's another one where they see yeah. the perfect game. Here's yeah. the thing in that case, perfection can be reached, but it yeah. cannot be sustained. No. So you have your perfect game. The very next week you could show up with all of the skill and experience of achieving the perfect game in your hands and in your heart and bowl the worst game ever. So the perfect game is a wonderful example. You begin by taking imperfect action. You start rolling those balls down the lane, you start hitting those, driving those balls down the range. And you build and you grow and you get excited as you get closer. You enjoy the journey. You you know, you 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 get little victories along the way and then one day you shoot or bowl that perfect game. But you have to understand that you're going to come back and Start again, whether it's just you know starting all over and going for your next perfect game or p- vaulting from that perfect game and now facing your next challenge. What's the next thing I'm going to do? I know I can do that. I've done it once. And do I just want to see if I can do it again or do I want to do something new? Do I want to move on to something else? And that's where perfectionism really knocks us down. If you become obsessed with nothing but the perfect game, A, once you achieve it, you may be in for a lot of disappointment. I got it now. Now what? If you don't have that mindset of growth, then you have nothing else to strive for uh, for the next one. And who knows? If you really work at it, it might take you a couple of years. You have your perfect game, and that's it. I'm done. There's my 15 seconds of fame, and I have nothing more to strive for. If you have that mindset of growth, then you're ready for exactly what the next challenge is. You may have a whole bucket list of what you're going to, to accomplish on the golf course the the, the, the bucket of balls list <laughs> that you're that well, you're going to do because you know I'm gonna go for something else
1: yeah and I, I think that truly what I'm hearing when you say that the way that I interpret it is the pitfall of perfectionism is comparison you're mm. either comparing yourself to who you were yesterday or who you were in that perfect game or even worse you're comparing it to others now no. this is gonna sound this is gonna sound cocky and obnoxious and I make no apologies for it it's this I have skated my perfect program I have I have skated my perfect program and guess what my perfect still was one tenth behind Christy Yamaguchi. she still beat me so if I'm comparing my perfect to somebody else, guess what? You're still going to be on the losing end of that. Right? But it, but it was perfect for me. So I feel like we live in this culture you cannot get on any social media where you are not just blasted with everybody else's perfect. And if you were comparing your perfect to their perfect or what is seemingly, right, smoke and mirrors, um, if you're comparing your perfect to their perfect, you're always going to come up disappointed. And you will always be left with a feeling like, like what the hell? Like my perfect still isn't good enough. So yeah. I feel like that's a huge, huge pitfall yep. comparison.
0: Yep. Now, I want to come back to it. But for a second, before we drift too far out of the establishment factor, I want to bring up the, the, the perfectionism factor that really hits home for me. And that's the physical or aesthetic or cosmetic Mm -hmm. perfection. Mm -hmm. That's a big one in my life because you wouldn't know it to look at me now. But I used to be incredibly vain. And I admit there's still a little bit of it in me. In fact, uh, regular viewers of the show might notice, hey, Blake, where's your hat? Well, I specifically got rid of the hat for today's show. And I'm probably going to leave it off because I'll tell you right Mm -hmm. now, the hat, Vanity. It was vanity, little insecurity. You know, there, there is not a whole lot going on up there anymore. Uh, my hair's been thinning since I was in my 20s. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a trait we have.
1: Genetic. And, and,
0: and, and, you know, more of an insecurity than a vanity. But I think a lot of vanity or a lot of insecurity is born out of vanity and vice versa. So yeah. it's all in keeping. But when I was younger, I was really, really vain. I, I did body grooming. I tanned. Uh, I worked out for looks, not for health. Believe me, if you, mm-hmm. if you saw my workout, you'd be this. this is not even healthy, what he's doing. This is all about looks. Um, yeah. I, I did it all. I tried it all. The only thing I never got around to was plastic surgery. And I will tell you right now, full confession, it's only because I couldn't afford it. If I'd had the money, you'd be looking at a fake nose now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Instead of this fine thing, look at that fantastic noble proboscis (laughs) i'm proud of it now i'm proud of everything i'm especially proud of every mark scar you name it because they all have a story behind them and i know many people have said that before but uh you know I, i feel it too and and i mean it but i'll tell you the most profound thing that happened to me and i hope this inspires other people and that is that one day and again full disclosure full honesty uh i it became i came to a point where i couldn't afford to do all the things I was doing to fuel my vanity. And of course, that's a slippery slope because as you get older, it, get, it takes more time and more money. It yep. gets harder and, and harder energy. Yep. to do it. You know, when I was young, I just put a little glaze on the skin and make sure everything was in the right spots, buy a fancy shirt, you know. As you get older, it's a lot of procedures, a lot of this, a lot of that. And uh, so I finally reached a point where I, I just, I, I couldn't justify it anymore. I couldn't afford it and I couldn't justify yeah. the expense. And I was honest about it because my wife and I ended up having a little bit of a conversation about it. And, uh, it was, it was not her, although she was wonderful and gracious about it. It was somebody else who said to me, but do you not understand that, you know, no matter through all your different evolutions and, you know, your hair plugs and your <laughs> and your tanning and whatever, The two things that have always stood out about you are you have warm, caring eyes Hmm. and a smile Hmm. that makes people light up. Yeah. And you have a habit about you of finding a way to say nice things to people. When I was younger, I said those things basically because I was fishing for a return compliment. Literally, that's what I was doing. Say something nice, see if you can get something back. But that kind of thing becomes a habit. And now, as you well know, Val, in any circumstance, if I see something that's nice. I don't make stuff up. I don't throw flowery flattery at people. Right. If I see something that's really cool about somebody, I'm, I'm not like most people. I don't hold my tongue. I go ahead and just blurt out and say it, you know, and tell her, hey, you know, I love this about you. Or That's phenomenal. Uh, the first time Chris was on our show, I told her how much I loved her attitude for glasses, because they yeah. really are a reflection of her but, awesome, yeah. eclectic, yes. wild, crazy, wonderful character. Uh, I go ahead and say the things people are afraid to say, because I spent my life fishing for compliments by giving compliments. And now it doesn't frighten me. I'm not afraid to yeah. say something to someone. So someone pointed out to me, it's like, Blake, you realize that the three things that most of us love, respect, or admire about you will not likely fade with age. There may be less teeth in that smile at some point in time, but the warmth Mm -hmm. will never come out of it. The caring is Mm -hmm. never going to leave those eyes. And certainly with every passing day, you'll get more and more adept at paying people compliments and just finding something to say that makes somebody feel good about themselves because it's sweet, it's kind, and they can tell that it's genuine, that you really Mm -hmm. mean what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Those things will never be taken away from you from age or by age and They cannot be enhanced with drugs, supplements, procedures, or anything else. They're naturally in you, and that's what makes you look attractive to people because people really don't care if you tan and have lots of hair and whatever. That's fine for eye candy, but when someone is looking at a meaningful relationship with someone, whether it's friendship or otherwise, they're looking for the kind of qualities that you naturally have in you that you have been perhaps abusing and overlooking.
1: So and what is that so here so hearing that, let me bounce a question to you. Now Please. for our fans and our friends and our followers, we are not psychologists, we are not trying to psycho babble this, but my question to ponder is I said for me it was changing the wording of perfectionism to striving for excellence. And I, 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 I can't formulate anything negative about striving for excellence. But at what point does striving for excellence, and it is a good thing that's driving you in a positive thing, when does that, what, what is that moment? And I know it's going to be different for everybody, but that moment where that turns into perfectionism. Maybe it turns into OCD, or maybe it turns into something that isn't productive and that dare I the, the question begs, it becomes harmful to you. So and I think that maybe that question doesn't have an answer or it, it's at least different for each person. But what say you about that? Like what is that what is that moment? What's that moment I'm for scared. you?
0: I would totally agree with you that that it's a very personal thing because I can specifically relate to that. As soon as you said it, I went, ah, yeah, you've hit it on the head because I started working out because I was bullied in school. And so I sought uh, a better life. I thought I sought a little personal excellence, you know, to step up and and be somebody that didn't have to be pushed around. And that eventually evolved into, hey, I look good. And the ego took over, and it became a, instead of seeking an improvement in my life or a path to excellence, it became perfectionism. Can I, you know, fix that? And can I get this perfect? Yeah. And can I get that one just right? And everything else. And next thing I you know, I'm a bodybuilder, and you know, instead of just somebody with a with a purpose, um, you know, same thing in in uh, tanning. I, I simply want a way uh, to actually to. Uh, lovely San Francisco down there in the United States. Uh, it was beautiful. It was a great trip. And uh, it, the weather's gorgeous. And I got my first suntan ever. I was, I don't know, nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and of course, back then I tanned beautifully. You know, that's yeah. and, and I got back and I liked what I saw. And then my mom was the same. She had the same vanity. That was one of the first times she'd ever gotten a suntan. <laughs> and so we started you know, doing it. And of course, living at the time in Calgary, Alberta, it wasn't impossible to get a tan, but it wasn't, it was a seasonal thing. It was, you know, and then the tanning places popped up almost kind of answering our desire, you know, that would have been the late 1970s. And that was about Mm -hmm. the time that they started becoming commercially available for people. (coughs) And, uh, so, you know, mom and I would go for a tan together, you know, <laughs> we had an odd relationship. And, uh, so again, it went from being, you know, sort of striving for excellence because in terms of getting the tan, it was just because I was, you know, trying to fit in with the locals and, you sure. know, and do my thing and whatever and, uh, do what people do and they go away to a sunny climb and that was it. And then I came back and I became obsessed with it. So for me, it was obsession. Obsession was the mm-hmm. tipping point. It was Mm -hmm. where I went from doing something for no reason at all, you know, just cause or for a good reason. And then suddenly became consumed with the pursuit, not of the reason anymore, but just of the thing. And that's to me, the definition of obsession when you pursue something for a reason, and then you drop the reason and purpose and just pursue the thing. Mm -hmm. And and of course, you know, I, 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 I I help people now with, with avoiding that sort of thing. But at the time, Mm I was consumed by it. So for me, that's the tipping point. That's the that's where it would change. But because of that, I truly believe it is an individual thing. Every single person would have a different story to tell of when, why, and how they went from the pursuit of excellence and then got gobbled up in obsession for perfection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I And I can definitely relate. And I feel so sad for... For this new generation, you know, we 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 Gen Xers, we 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 have a reputation for for picking on the millennials. But honestly, like for my children, I feel really bad for them having to grow up with, you know, in the world that they did, where, you know, the Kim Kardashians of the world. And Kim, I don't I don't hate on you, girl. I, you know, whatever you do, you. But it, it's this it sets an expectation for our young people that, in my opinion, is, is impossible. And, and I just, I don't like the narrative um, around what, what social media brings to uh, perfectionism, and I'll, I'll even pick on myself a little bit. Like, I tried, to, I tried to be authentic and real, and so I remember when my kids were little, and and I would be scrolling through Facebook and, you know, all my friends would be like, oh, you know, oh, no, I don't want summer vacation to end. I I love hanging out with my kiddos. And then my post would be like, um, so does anybody know if there's like an age limit of if you don't want your baby and you can drop it off at the fire station? Like, is there, a, <laughs> you know, is there an age limit to that? And, yeah, I was going for the joke because that's who I am. but trying to to be real like it's not all you know rainbows and glitter and unicorn like it's it's hard and I want to be the voice and I think we're in agreement on that like like we want to be real we want to be authentic yes we want to pursue excellence but also when we fail and fall on our face like we're gonna show you that Um, it hopefully it, it's not not staged uh, it will, you know, because I have a story about that as well, um, hopefully it comes across as organic and, and natural. But I think that there's a, a big push for social to show how perfect you are or how perfect your life is. And I say, you know what, um, no, this is life, this is us, and life is hard. And my story about having it being staged is um, a few years ago, I auditioned for a reality TV and we were filming um, and I was talking a story about my dad and the director's like, okay, great, Val, that was great. I love that story. Okay, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. But this time, can you like make your voice shake and it, can you like look away pause a second like it's so hard you can't even talk about it and then and then pan your eyes back to the camera and if you could like squeak out a tear that would be amazing uh, so that is a an example of where being imperfect was staged and it was cute, but also keep in mind that was for a TV show. And I'm back.
0: The joys of live TV. Yep. There you go. Just so you know, folks, this is the only time Val gets to really get her, her say out there. Every <laughs> once in a while, she arranges for the internet to pop out, I do. and I disappear, and it's How a live show. And of course, for the next two weeks, there'll be comments from everybody about how it was the best show ever. <laughs> right? Nah. I know. Yeah, no, but I was telling. am the, Yeah, I, I heard the tail end. That's. I love okay. the story.
1: That
0: yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And you know that's uh, the difference between real life and camera life.
1: Right. That's right. Amazing. They. They. It was for a TV show. They were trying to develop the story. They were going for the emotional impact of my story. So yeah, we we cut rolling, and we did it again. And now I I can say that I can cry on cue, and I have that under uh, special skills on my resume. So, you know, there's that.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you a funnier version of that. Um, I saw a, a post uh, from a, one of these fitness models. And uh, again, I'm not here to diss on them. Some of my very dear friends are uh, IFBB and, and fitness model champs, and uh, and they work hard. They're very dedicated to what they do. I have not got that level of commitment. So I'm honored that they count me among their friends. Um, But uh, this this particular one, you know, I didn't know her all that well. She was a friend of a friend. Anyway, I'm just looking at all the pictures. And, again, it's that camera perfect. But please keep in mind, these people are just as perfect in real life. They worked very hard to look that way. So, again, in no way am I putting them down. But it's very funny because I happen to be just scrolling through. And as I did, I permit the TMI here. Uh, I, I broke wind while I was looking at pictures of this incredibly you know, fit and beautiful lady. And the thought that crossed my mind, and it's interesting because it was before we actually decided to do this show. And so I thought of this as we were talking about the show. Camera perfect, real life, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And in a flash moment, I did it. I laughed at myself for doing it. So I thought, yeah, you wouldn't have done that if she was here in person. <laughs> you know? right. And then for a second, I just looked at her and I said, you know, she farts too. Yes, she does. You know, and, and that's one of the things I think that we have lost a little bit with this obsession with perfection Mm -hmm. is that we literally between television, social media, news, lights, camera, action, smoke and mirrors, we give people the impression that in a perfect life, our shit don't stink. Right. You know, we don't vomit. We don't sneeze. We don't fart. We don't whatever. Right. Um, you know, my grandma always used to use the expression warts and all, right? She talking Listen about up. my grandpa. Mm-hmm. He loves me warts and all. Mm-hmm. And we're losing that. And I really yeah. feel without getting too, you know, over uh, 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 sensitive about it. Uh, I feel like it's it in a way affects a lot of things like relationships. We have uh, unrealistic un- expectations, not only of ourselves, but of the people yeah. around us. And I really think it's, it's it's eating up at a lot of things. And I'm very blessed that I had someone in my life not too long ago who helped me to really turn the corner. And it was that person who said to me, you have to understand the things about you that actually make people like you. And mm-hmm. it's definitely not your, your $50 tan and your $20 whatever and your $5 yeah. veneers. And you know what? Not at all. Not at all. Nobody cares about the brightness of your teeth. It's the brightness of your smile. That's what's making people love you.
1: Yeah. So that thought makes me think that the second pitfall of perfectionism actually might morph into procrastination. Exactly. Like, look, girlfriend, boyfriend, friend, if you're trying to get a side hustle going, but you can't release it until it's perfect, Guess what? That's not perfectionism. That's procrastination. And hey, look, <laughs> look, that goes both ways. I I own it. I get it. Um, but I think that that's the second pitfall of perfectionism is when it's delaying something that you want to do because you're so scared to put it out because it isn't perfect. I don't know. What what do you say about that?
0: Not only it, but you. I think it's a double edged thing, and I think maybe some people may not understand it because. They will fight really hard. They'll maybe even bring someone on board, an accountability partner, a mentor, somebody to push them and help them bust through that and not worry about it. Somebody to encourage them to take the imperfect action. And they still find themselves at the edge and going, why won't I jump? I'm okay yeah. with it. I'm good. And it's because they fail to to look inside and realize, ah, there's still one imperfection I'm not dealing with. Yeah. I'm ready to turn on the camera. I'm okay that it may not go perfect. I'm all right that the internet may go out and, you know, screw up the show partway through. I'm okay with all of that, but I just looked in the mirror and I don't want to put my face on camera, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, a very fitting example. Uh, so I think it, there's two sides and maybe people don't always get it. People maybe will get over their personal doubts, and and the yeah. personal sought, seek for perfectionism, and then they'll just shift it over and go. Now I got to make the show perfect, or vice versa, or whatever it is. Whatever they're undertaking, there's there's an intrinsic perfection they're seeking. But then they forget that there's a personal perfection. They might say this is good enough, and in fact, in achieving that, not perfection, but in deciding that it is good enough to roll, they may, f- in fact. Um, they, they feel so strongly now about what they're about to do. that Now they doubt if they're good enough for what they're going to embark on. And they can back, go back and forth with that all damn day and procrastinate forever. Now I'm good enough is when I'm doing good enough. Now what I'm doing is good enough, am I good enough for it? So I think people, if they really want to break through this, and I'm, I'm speaking now to coaches and mentors too, remember that when you're dealing with somebody who's having this perfectionism struggle, there's two sides to it. It's not just that they don't feel what they're doing is good enough. They don't feel like they're good enough. And one of those might still stay in the background, even when you've helped them overcome the other. So be aware of both. And by the way, if you deal with the internal one first, you get a bit of a wild card. Because if you believe you're good enough, then likely the thing you created is good enough, too. So, if you believe in what you're doing, you might still not believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, you're likely to believe in 99% of what you're doing. So, start inwardly first. It's my thought.
1: Well, and, 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 you know, skating has impacted my life in so many different ways, totally developed who I am, and I understood even at a very young age, five, six years old, that I could go out there and do my very best and skate my very best program that I could skate and still not be on that top podium. Did it diminish my amount of effort? No. Did I still do the best that I could? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just on that given day, right? You know, there's a saying in sports, anybody on any ga- day can win any game, right? Uh, m- my best, uh, just wasn't what the, the the judges were looking for. It didn't diminish the fact that I still skated my butt off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that that was so important to learn as, as a youngster. Um, and so I think that for me, that's kind of the third pitfall of, of perfectionism is that you could be doing your very best. And if, if, if somebody else's best is, is better than your best on that day, it doesn't diminish you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish your accomplishments or your effort or the hours that, that you put into that thing. And I think that that's a really – I think we might be missing as a culture – on that because you're like, wow, I just did the best that I could, but it still wasn't good enough. But it is. You know, I, credit, you the, be-
0: I credit the athletic world with coming up with one of the best phrases in humankind, personal best. Personal best. Personal best. Personal best. I love that phrase. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes it's probably an ego stroking, you know, <laughs> scapegoat kind of thing. Oh, I yeah. achieved personal best because I didn't do But well, for whatever reason it was invented, it's a good yeah. thing. Use it. Use it wisely, but use it for yourself because personal best kind of, you know, I'm hearing when, when, when you're saying what you're saying there, well, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing the word personal best in my head. It's like, yeah, don't forget personal best because you're your own worst critic. No matter how cruel Always. somebody can be and what they say, you're number one critic. You're also your number one fan. And you're also your only lifelong, constant, never ending roommate. So you got to be nice to yourself. So if you can stand up and cheer for personal best, you win. You win because you're going to have something that a lot of us cannot really grasp onto properly. If you can look in the mirror and say, I didn't make so-and-so's best and make such-and-such's best. I didn't cover that definition of best. But today, I made personal best. You are going to have the inspiration to take the next step in your journey. And it's yeah. something a lot of people don't have.
1: Absolutely. And I saw that a lot in my CrossFit gym. You know, I trained, I had CrossFit games athletes who were lifting an unhuman amount of weight. And then I had my 50-something-year-old mom, just like me, Gina, who for the first time in her life jumped on a six-inch box. And, and the gym just exploded. Not for the CrossFit Games athlete who is lifting, you know, 5,000 pounds, but for Gina who just jumped on her very first six-inch box because that was her personal best. And it was something, honestly, that she swore to me she would never do. Val, you will never get me to do that. No, I am never doing that. Nope. There isn't. And she did. And, yeah, there is something to that um, about being the best. Because you know what? When I had my perfect skate and I got off the ice, I was really freaking happy with myself. And in that moment, it 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 didn't matter. It it didn't matter what the judges thought, it didn't matter what what the podium said, it didn't even matter what my coach said. It was that I was happy with my effort and with my performance in that moment. And I think that there's power to that and I wish we as a society could grab on to um valuing the effort and and not the the podium placement or not the result. I think that that's really important. I, I, I hope I've done that with my children. Like, you could study your ass off and still get a C, but you know what? If you studied your ass off, I'm going to reward the effort and not the result.
0: Well, because the study means you learned the topic. Maybe you didn't ma- master the test today, but... You studied hard, which means you learned the material. And ultimately, yeah. learning isn't about... That's the problem. We've got our eye on the, the award instead of the reward. Yeah. I want the A+. plus. Well, who cares? Nobody's going to remember it. That's the next level of institution that has to check your mm-hmm. scores to say you're in. That's it. That's yeah. all that A-plus is going to mean to anybody. Yeah. But when you're making seven figures because you learned something so well, yeah. you became the current resident expert in it, we, we keep focusing on the award instead of the reward. Yeah. I come from a theater background. I'm one of those people that does not believe in the Oscars and all that nonsense. Um, I'm not going to be Marlon Brando and, you know, go off and use uh, people's valuable time to make my political platform. There's a right. time and place, God rest his soul, but I, I don't personally believe in it because it's, it's, there's great rewards to be had by doing a great performance on stage. Yeah. And I've enjoyed many of those rewards, the greatest of which, of course, is thunderous, resounding applause. Or I was in comedy, so laughter. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I want. I want a Sunday afternoon quiet crowd, average age 73, to burst out laughter uproariously just once during a quiet Sunday afternoon comedy performance. That's the reward. The award, mm-hmm. the trophy, because you did the best, whatever, whatever. Who cares? They collect dust until they're scraped off and thrown in a box and given away and whatever. I will never, ever forget. Even when I start forgetting my own name, I'll remember the audience in 1996 that went nuts on a Sunday afternoon because I performed such and such or whatever. We put all the emphasis on the award, yet our life revolves around the reward. That's why, um, No one ever keeps track of the scores. I mean, somebody somewhere does. Everyone has their stats. But the official statistics for athletes isn't their scores. It's their achievements. The, The lifetime record of a hockey player is how many times he scored and how many times he assisted a score. How many times he helped his teammate to put a point up there. Not how many points he made, not how many t- how many scores. What what was the score of the game, or the ultimate outcome, and the trophies and awards? They're there, but they are all a reflection of the personal achievement that mm-hmm. they made. So I I, I really uh, uh, applaud athletics because I come from the theater background and and I have to scold my my theater <laughs> because it's all about award. Whereas yeah. athletics, though there are awards because you have to have something, there has to be yeah. something. It's a token, right? But everything in in sports, from my standpoint, from my observation, is about the reward and about the constant push to break through the last barrier of human potential into the next one. Theater stopped evolving a long time ago. It's just gone in crazy eclectic directions. It's not looking for the next best way to do something. It's just getting bigger and slav, crazier and whatever. Athletics is always, always pushing the human potential and, and seeking the reward over the award. And that, I think, is a big part of it. If you're looking for perfection, constantly after perfection, you're looking for awards. You're looking to decorate your mantelpiece with tokens of your perfection. If you're seeking excellence, you're looking for the reward because the reward is what clearly puts something in your soul that says, I did it and I'm going to do more tomorrow.
1: So my, my final thought on, on perfectionism is outwardly. It seems like a good uh, pursuit of something. I would challenge you to um, really sit down with yourself and, you know, is your perfectionism, is it hindering your progress? Is it, making you compare your best to other people's best and feeling lonely. But lastly, I want you to really push yourself, and I want, want you to really challenge yourself um, internally and mentally and ask yourself, am I striving for perfection of perfectionism or am I striving for excellence? And knowing the difference between those two and kind of knowing the harmful um effects for you because it's individual, um, of when you've crossed the line into that pursuit of excellence into perfectionism. And that, that would be my final thought. Like it's okay to keep wanting to do your best. Like I say all the time, I have, I have more, I have more of me to give. I have more to give as a wife, as a mom, as a sister, as a daughter, as a friend, as a business owner, whatever. I have more and I'm not going to stop But I have to just check myself as to when does that cross over into being harmful for me and for others. Write that down.
0: (laughs) And that was this week's Ryan Reynolds write that down moment. You know, Ryan one day is either going to send us a letter going, "That's so cool that you used me," or he's going to sue us. He sue our butts off. One or the other. I don't think Ryan would sue. He's not that guy. You never know. All right. I have a few announcements to make before we wrap things up uh, for this week. Um, And Val, just, you know, jump in on top of me while I'm uh, doing this uh, with uh, any extra thoughts and things and expand on these uh, great things because we got some serious stuff going on next week. Yes, we do. First off, next Tuesday, we will be hosting our first ever three-day workshop. I am really excited uh, about this. So we're going to be live on all of the usual social media platforms. March 29th, 30th, and 31st. So we'll be on for about uh, 40, 45 minutes, about the length of this show. Sometimes it goes over. We'll be very strict uh, 40, 45 minutes uh, on on uh, the, the workshop. Yep. So uh, visit the Live with Blake and Val Facebook page uh, for everything that you need to know uh, about uh, attending that. It's going to be right there. Um, now, going forward, when we do these, we're planning on doing them monthly if, if the interest is there. Um, and when we do, we'll be doing them privately so that we're in a really safe space, uh, nurturing, et cetera. For this first one, kicking things off, we're going to do it live, or uh, sorry, publicly. Uh, we're just going to put it out there so anybody can get on board. We're talking mm-hmm. about a, a pretty uh, uh, open topic. You know, it's not something that needs to be in a safe space. Um, and so if you want to be uh, on the show with us, you want to pop in, we do uh, occasionally hand it over and have somebody pop in and chat for a few minutes. We keep it kind of open house, uh, but just be aware that uh, if you jump on the camera with us, you will be on publicly. You will be potentially seen everywhere. So so uh, as I said, go over to the Live with Blake and Val Facebook page for everything that you need to know about um, attending that, uh, which is simply a matter of tuning in uh, at 12 o'clock. <clears throat> That'll be 12 uh, p.m. Eastern time each day. Um this is and why don't you tell free. them
1: what this, this workshop is about?
0: I will indeed. Absolutely. Uh, remember, that this is free as well. There's, this is free and there's no obligation of any kind. This isn't an upsell event or anything else. We're going to be talking about strategies for getting back into the swing of life post-COVID. So I know people are having that conversation, but we are going to have the very special uh, Little Steps to Big Success, Peak Performance conversation about it. Think of it as literally an extended version of what we do on this show. Uh, We're going to get deeper into the topic because we've got, you know, three days in a row uh, doing it. As well, that week, I suspect we will probably chat a little bit about it as well on the show. Uh, So if you would like to join the casual but impactful conversation, extended version, then just leave us a comment right here. Um, And even if you're watching the recording, go ahead and pop the comment in. We'll be able to find it. And then um, we can actually book you some time to come and speak in the workshop. And if you're not interested in being on camera, then just tune in and take some notes because it's gonna be really, really great. If you're coming out of this uh, pandemic and kind of saying what now or what next, I hope it's what next. I hope you're saying what next, but you know you might have to get calibrated first before you move on to the next exciting thing. So if you're asking what now or what next, Uh, We're going to talk for three days with you and to you about answering that question. What next, and how to how to roll with it? And And uh, I'm going to jump
1: in. Feel free to you guys. If if you can only make it one day or two days, whatever, that's great. We want to see you there. But there is something powerful to coming all three days because it's called it's it's a term in the coaching industry called habit stacking. Yep. We are stacking habits on top of each other to really build you up to get the life that you want to have.
0: Yep, absolutely. Now, in this case, again, there will be recordings, and they'll always be available on yep. our Facebook page. I know life's busy, uh, so you know better to tune in the recording and get some value from it than not to be there at all. But Val is absolutely right. If you really want to get the impact from this, then show up live and be part of the energy of of the live broadcast. And even better come and join us, come and throw in a few thoughts of your own, because you never know the big breakthrough for people watching may not even come from me and Val. it might come from you. Others, so yeah. come on out and share. This is what it's all about. This is about coming together. And the whole purpose of this, this post COVID conversation is about how we've been ripped apart. We need to all start coming back together. Now we need to bring the human spirit and energy back into focus and uh, take back the world. You know that's what we need to do. So, so please tune in. It's going to be super fun. It's going to be a lot of uh, interesting insights from ourselves and you. And it's going to be really worthwhile. So we hope that we will see you. And then
1: Thursday we have.
0: Yep, on March 31st at 2 p.m. Eastern. So yes, coming right, <laughs> right on the heels. <laughs> um, it's uh, hang on a sec. I got the time wrong. That's at 12, isn't it? 12 p.m. Eastern
1: yeah 12 that's
0: right the uh, the um, uh, the three-day workshop is at 2 p.m. Eastern the the mastermind is at 12 p.m. Eastern time right. Bell and I get a little confused because we're in two yeah. different time zones so.
1: always with the time so, zones yes yeah
0: that's right so actually right before the three-day workshop uh, mm-hmm. we will be hosting our very first peak performance mastermind. And the link to register uh, for that is in the comments. Uh, it will be <laughs> as soon as we're, we're out of here. Um, once again, this is absolutely free and it is literally an intensive coaching session. So picture what we do here on the show to a certain extent, but with you as the center of attention. So if you choose to be in the hot seat, for lack of a better word, I don't like that word hot seat. It's not at all. It's the, it's the growth seat. It's the production mm-hmm. the productive seat. If you choose to sit in there uh, and share something that you're dealing with, something you're struggling with, then you're going to be getting input from not only Val and myself, but also your peers in attendance, all of us talking about peak performance ways to use little steps toward big success in the challenge that you are facing.
1: And that link will bring you to the Zoom registration. Just for clarification, it's not going to put you directly. You do have to sign up. We'll be on a Zoom, um, and so just clarification on that.
0: Yep, awesome. So click that link and uh, get ready to ramp up your game with Peak Performance. So, so that's all the stuff that we're doing uh, next week. I hope you can make it for some of it, all of it, anything. It- and of course, we will also be on Wednesday uh, at the usual yeah. time as well yeah, doing the usual our yeah. show. So. Be sure to go out there and enjoy the rest of your week. And as always, remember to stay strong and keep smiling because
1: you got this.